Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the rebellion of Israel as we pick up in Judges chapter 4, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And Jabin the king dwelt there. Hazor was a fortified city, a very large city. The ruins are quite large, encompass a very large area. But he had a powerful army, 900 chariots of iron, the Canaanite army, and he oppressed the children of Israel for 20 years. Now, no doubt those that were in the upper area, the tribe of Naphtali, and the tribe of Zebulun were most oppressed by him in that upper area of Galilee. Naphtali was all around Galilee, and Zebulun was just south of Galilee in uh, the area that is now sort of uh, bordered by Mount Gilboa and Nazareth and Megiddo. The plains through there was the territory of Zebulun. Verse 6, And Deborah was a prophetess, And she judged Israel at that time. So here is a woman who is judging Israel at this particular time, who also was a prophetess. There are some men today that would exclude women from any kind of service unto God, but uh, certainly God does not exclude them at all even from important positions such as judging over Israel, and she was gifted as a prophetess. And she dwelt between Ramah and Bethel, which is just north of Jerusalem, five miles or so. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, of Kadesh Naphtali, so of the area of Naphtali, the area around Galilee, she said unto him, Hath not Jehovah God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun? And I will draw unto thee to the river of Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said unto her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you won't go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that you take shall not be for your honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. So no wonder God had a woman as a judge. And you had those kind of men in the land that won't do anything unless a woman goes with them. Uh, You really don't have real men. And so it was a tragic condition that the land was in when uh, Barak says, well, I won't go if you don't go with me. And, and uh, so she said, okay, I'll go, but God's going to give the glory to this whole thing, not to you, but to a woman. Uh, it, it'll come to a woman. God will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Barak called Zebulun, the tribe people of Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, the city that he lived in. And he went up with 10,000 men at his feet, and Deborah went up with him. 
Now Heber, the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, who was the father-in-law of Moses, had severed himself from the Kenites and had pitched his tent in the plain of Zanam, which is by Kadesh. Now, Moses' father-in-law, his family sort of came with the children of Israel, but here this guy's sort of a traitor. He, uh, he was a narc, actually informed on uh, the fact that Sisera was uh, there in Mount Tabor uh, with this army. He, he let them know. And so uh, Sisera came down with his army, the 900 chariots and the whole thing. So Sisera gathered together against them at the river Kishon, and Deborah said unto Barak, Up for this day. This is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Is not the Lord gone out from before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all of his chariots and all of the hosts with the edge of the sword before Barak so that Sisera got off of his chariot and fled away on his feet. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Herosheth of the Gentiles and all the hosts of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword and there was not a man left. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber of the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. Now the house of Heber was the family of Moses' father-in-law. So Jael went out and because there was peace between uh, Jabin, the Canaanite king, and the house of Heber, Jael went out to the tent door and Sisera came running up. And so uh, Jael said, well, come on into the tent and uh, I will take care of you. And so uh, she covered him with a mantle and he said, give me a drink of water. So she fixed. Uh, she opened the bottle and gave him some milk. And I thought, that's an interesting scripture. Think of how long ago they had bottles of milk. <laughs> I was really fascinated by that. Now, she gave him a drink and covered him. She gave him a drink of milk and covered him. And of course, milk, uh, uh, good warm milk is sort of a neat thing to drink and go to sleep by. And so he said unto her, now stand in the door, and if any man comes by and says, have you seen anybody, tell him no. So Jael Heber's wife took a tent stake and a hammer, and she came up quietly, and she drove the stake through his temples. And she was a tough cookie too. because she also then cut off his head. So that when Barak came up pursuing Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said, come and I'll show you the man you're pursuing. And so he came into the tent and there was Sisera with a nail driven through his temple. So God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan and the children of Israel and the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed Jabin, the king of Canaan. 
And then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam. So this is the song of Deborah and Barak. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. For the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I even I will sing unto the Lord. I'll sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out of Seir, when you marched out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled, the heavens dropped the clouds, also dropped water, the mountains melted from before the Lord, and Mount Sinai, the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, now here's the next mention of Shamgar, and uh, it jumps all the way from Mount Sinai to Shamgar. Uh, interesting that not more is written of him in the text. The son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked by the byways. Now, it is speaking really of the fear in which the people lived in these days. They were oppressed by their enemies so bad that they wouldn't take the main roads when they wanted to go someplace. They'd always go by the back roads because their enemies were possessing the land. If they would take the main roads, they'd be ripped off by their enemies. So in getting from one place to another, so much fear that they would always go by way of the back roads uh, to get from one place to another. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose. I uh, rose a mother in Israel. And they chose new gods. Then was war in the gates, and there was a shield or a spear seen among 40,000 Israel. Actually, there was, was there a shield or a spear? Actually, they were just disarmed. They had nothing. My heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. They that are delivered from the noise of the archers in the places of drawing water. Actually, they were so oppressed by their enemies that their enemies would, would go to the springs and to the places where there were water and they would just sit in the bushes with their bows and arrows. People come, they'd just take target practice at the people. I mean, they really were living a very tough life. They had forsaken God, God had forsaken them. And there shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord, even the righteous acts towards the inhabitants of the villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song. Rise, Barak, and lead the captivity captive, thou son of Abinoam. And he made him that remaineth have dominion over the nobles and so forth. And so it's the song of victory and how God delivered and, and the question, why didn't other of the tribes come to help? But Zebulun and Naphtali were a people that jeoparded their lives unto death in the high places of the field. The kings came and fought. Then fought the kings of Canaan and Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They took no gain of money. They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sesera. The river of Keshon swept them away. That ancient river, the river Keshon. Oh, my soul, thou hast trodden down strength. Then were their horse hoofs broken by the means of the prancings and the prancings of the mighty ones. So God fought with them, a rain, a flood that took away their uh, chariots and destroyed them there in the valley of Megiddo where they got bogged, their chariots became bogged in the mud. And then the curse of Meros, curse ye Meros, said the angel of the Lord. 
Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. The curse of Meroz was the curse of not doing anything, trying to take a neutral position, standing back and not offering to help in the work of God. It is tragic that many people today are guilty of the same thing. Non-involvement, standing back, God is wanting to do a work in this world today. God has chosen to use people to do his work. And when a call comes out from God, it is our responsibility to respond to that call of God. And if we don't respond to the call of God to help the Lord to do his work, you say, well, God doesn't need my help. That is so true. But he's chosen to use your help. And if God chooses to use your help, then you better help. And if you do not help when God has chosen you to use your help, then you rest under the curse. God will do his thing. God will do his work. Even as Mordecai assured Esther, if you fail, then their deliverance will arise from another quarter, but you're going to be cut off. You're going to be slain. You're going to lose out. God will deliver his people. That's got to be. God is going to do his work. But God uses men to do his work. God calls men to do his work. If you fail to respond to the call of God, if you fail to help God to do his work, God will do his work, but you as Meros will be cursed. Cursed ye bitterly, for they came not to the help of the Lord in the battle against the mighty. And so then she pronounces the blessing upon Jael, the wife of Heber. She shall be above all the women in the tent, he asked for water, she gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer she smote Sesera, she smote off his head when she had pierced and stricken through his temples. At her feet he bowed, he fell, he, he fell, he laid down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. The mother of Sesra looked out the window and cried through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the wheels of his chariot? And her wise ladies answered her, Oh, she returned, answering to herself, Have they not sped? Have they not divided the prey to every man, a damsel or two? To Sesra, a prey of divers colors, a prey of divers colors of needlework, divers colors of needlework on both sides that are fit for the necks of them that shall take the spoil. So all thine enemies shall perish, O Lord, but let them that love him be as the sun when he goeth forth in his might, and the land had rest for 40 years. So Deborah, an interesting person, quite a song that she wrote. Uh, the purpose of these songs was to put the people into remembrance again of God's delivering power. 
They'd often write the victories of God in songs. And then they would sing these songs. And, and in the singing of the songs, you'll remember a song many times long after you've, you've forgotten incidents. The, the song is still there in your mind. And, and you're singing, and many times you sing just because you like the tune. You're not even paying any attention to the words. But then suddenly the words begin to sink in. And so that was the purpose of putting the works of God to song in those days. And it was often done. So again, the rest for 40 days. But then in chapter 6, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel, made themselves dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till they are come to Gaza. They left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. And they came up with their cattle and their tents and as multitude, they were like grasshoppers for both they and their camels were without number. They entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said to them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. I brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all that oppressed you. I drove them out from before you. I gave you their land. I said unto you, I am Jehovah your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. So the situation of this particular apostasy, turning their hearts into the, away from God, God brought now the Midianites against them. Tremendous number of people, along with the Amalekites, and Gaza is about the southernmost point uh, along the Mediterranean. So by the time they got to Gaza, they had gone through the entire land, coming from the east, clear on over to the coast, south to Gaza, whenever the people would plant their crops. At harvest time, here would come all these people in and just rip them off. They would, uh, you know, you got all your wheat harvested, then they'd just come in and just rip them off from all their wheat and barley and, and all of their harvest. And then next year, back again, harvest time. And so they took away all the sustenance of these people and a tremendous multitude of them. The people finally cried unto the Lord and the Lord answered with a prophet who told them the reason for their dilemma was the fact that they had forsaken God who had given them deliverance out of Egypt and had brought them into the land. So there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak tree, which is at Ophrah, that pertained to Joash, the Abirite, and, the son, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So here was Gideon hiding from the Midianites as he was threshing the wheat. Because if the Midianites would catch him, they'd take the wheat. And so he was up by the winepress threshing wheat, and here was an angel sitting under an oak tree. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, The Lord is with you, you very brave man. Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this calamity befallen us? Where are all of the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said, Oh, my Lord, how shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Now, God oftentimes has trouble getting people to respond to his call. God calls us. That's the beginning of it. As soon as I respond to the call of God, then God lays out what he wants me to do. And then I resign. Lord, I can't do that. How in the world can I do that, Lord? We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Judges on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Judges 2-4 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. And just fill you with the knowledge and the understanding of himself, that you may come to know him in a deeper, fuller, richer way. And growing up in him to maturity, you might come into that measure of the stature of the fullness of the image of Christ as God by his spirit restores that which was lost because of the fall. So God bless you in your walk and in your relationship with him. May it get better than it ever was before. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I am Goliath. (laughs) What's going on? Don't be afraid, we have God on our side. My name is David, and I know all about big, scary giants. 
I've defeated lions and bears, and God will help me defeat Goliath, too. It's true, and Pastor Chuck wants to tell you all about the story of David and Goliath in his new book, Just for Kids. So come along on a great adventure and discover how God used David to defeat a big, scary giant, and learn why David believed that God was big enough even to conquer Goliath. And as a gift, each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck actually reading the story of David and Goliath so your kids can read along. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD, or to see a sneak preview of the story of David and Goliath, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.